Hello, it's the Chronicles of Aguna. It's the preview show. We're back. My throat is an absolute mess, so apologies for the croaky voice, but the show must go on. Hello, good morning and welcome back to the Chronicles of Aguna, the Arsenal podcast brought to you by the last man standing with loserpool.com. This is our preview show where we'll be looking ahead to Arsenal's game against Aston Villa, which is at the moment, at the time of recording, two days, five hours, four minutes away. So it's fast approaching. Um, Arsenal, of course, had a disappointing outing in the Premier League last week. Two goal leads surrendered up at Vicarage Road, but we're back in Premier League action this weekend and we'll be looking to, of course, put that right. Now, I want to share um, some some statistics with you guys. Uh, Apologies, like I said right at the beginning, my throat is absolutely wrecked. Um, I've taken all the throat sweets uh, under the sun. I've uh had teas with honey in them i've had uh all sorts of things i've taken all these sorts of tablets uh, but my throat is a mess so i apologize for the croaky voice um but yeah anyway the show must go on as they say um so we're going to look ahead to the game uh, i'm going to be talking to you about some statistics between the two clubs uh some issues uh that i see sort of arising and and what i would do about them and I'll be looking at my starting 11 and I want to hear from you guys in the comments section too um, in regards to your picks as well and what you think about mine. Now uh, last night we did the Eintracht Frankfurt review. Um, thank you to everybody who's tuned into that, who's uh, been on it so far. We've been trying to get the audio up on SoundCloud so that it feeds through to iTunes, Spotify, Acast, all the usual places. But we've had some issues this morning. I'm told by SoundCloud um, that it's a problem at their end. Uh, so we're holding tight on that. And hopefully we can bring you the audio versions of these podcasts ASAP. I know a lot of people prefer to listen to the audio whilst they're on the move, uh, which is absolutely fair enough. So um I'm trying to resolve that as soon as possible. Uh, right, let's have a look at some of these statistics. So as I said, two days, five hours, now two minutes until this game kicks off. It's a 4.30 at the Emirates Stadium. And if you look at the head-to-head uh, between the two clubs, this is in the Premier League era. There have been 48 games played. Arsenal have won 26, whilst Aston Villa have won just eight. Uh, and there's been 14 draws Uh, between the two sides. Arsenal have won 14 of their 26 at home and 12 on the road. Aston Villa, surprisingly, have won less at home uh, and more on the road. They've won at the Arsenal five times. They've only won at Villa Park three times. Uh, So that makes interesting reading ahead of this one. I can think of a couple of disappointing defeats at the hands of Aston Villa uh, in the last few years. Actually, I remember that one uh, on the opening day of the season disastrous start. I remember I was in Egypt uh, that weekend and I was watching it out there. Um, Long story short, went to a bar. They were closed, weren't opening until halftime. And I basically convinced the guy to let me in and watch the game. Uh, If you look at the recent meetings, uh, here we go. Arsenal's uh, last meeting with Aston Villa was a 4-0 win on Sunday, the 15th of May at the Emirates Stadium. We also won at Villa Park that season. Um, Villa, of course, have been out of the Premier League for a little while uh, following their relegation. Arsenal 5, Aston Villa 0 uh, was on Sunday, the 1st of Feb. 
and Arsenal 3-0 at Villa Park in September. And prior to that, um, Arsenal were winners again on the road January 2014. So of the last five, Arsenal have won every single one. Uh, if you look at the form guide, though, based on this season, um, Arsenal's form has been up and down, hasn't it? Uh, away win at Newcastle, home win against Burnley, uh, defeat, of course, at Anfield, and then two draws against Spurs and Watford. Uh, from Aston Villa's point of view, newly promoted side, it was always going to be difficult for them. Lost at Spurs, as you'd expect. Probably disappointed to be beaten at home by Bournemouth, um, but they then beat Everton at home. Um, Everton, who have had lots of troubles on the road. They lost away to Crystal Palace uh, and they drew away with West Ham. That was the Monday night football last week. Uh, season so far, Arsenal sit in seventh, having won two, drawn two, lost one. Villa sit in 17th, having won one, drawn one and lost three. Average goals scored per match. Arsenal's is 1.6, which is not that high um, considering the firepower that Arsenal have. A little bit disappointing. Uh, Villa's is 0.8. Average goals conceded, Arsenal's is 1.6, Villa's is 1.2. So Aston Villa are conceding on average less goals than us. Uh, clean sheets, Villa have had two so far in comparison to Arsenal's one. And Arsenal create only slightly more chances than Villa on average this season so far. 1.6 compared to their 1.4. In terms of a top player statistics, now this is of course between the players involved in this fixture. In terms of the goals, Pierre-Emerick Aubameyang leads the way. He's got five. Alexander Lacazette in second with two. Anwar El Ghazi has got one for Villa. In terms of assists, Danny Ceballos has two. Ainsley Maitland-Niles has two. And Jack Grealish, uh, who many would say is Villa's star man, has one. Uh, passes, Granit Xhaka has completed the most, 287. Closely followed by Matteo Genduzzi on 285. And Socrates with 253. I'm sure they haven't counted that pass at Watford as one of those. In terms of tackles... Um, John McGinn of Aston Villa, a player who's really, really impressed so far, um, has got 20, Ainsley Mellonales on 12 and Jack Grealish on 10. So those are the, the statistics um, in regards to this one. Um, looking forward to the game, of course, it's a home fixture that I expect Arsenal to win. But there are lots of question marks over the starting lineup, given the way things have gone of late and given the, the game in Frankfurt last night, because that will change things, won't it? Some players managed to put themselves... I'm sure into Unai Emery's thoughts. So we'll have to see what he goes with. I'm going to tell you what I would go with and explain why as well in this preview uh, show. Let's go over to some of your live comments. A big hello to everybody watching live at the minute and a big hello to those of you watching or listening back later on. Also, uh, Ishmael Alexander Rose Thompson. It's a long name. <laughs> he says, 10 points to Gryffindor, Harry, for all the work that goes into the videos. Keep it up. Thank you very much, mate. Glad you're enjoying them. Um, that's what it's all about at the end of the day. It's uh, for you guys uh, to enjoy. If you haven't already, hit the like, hit the subscribe button. Please, please do. Uh, that really does help. Uh, let's switch over um, to the lineup builder, and I'm going to give you guys uh, what my lineup would be. So I've gone with a 4 1 2 2 1. I guess it's more like a 4 3 3. With a few little slight changes. I think that in terms of the goalkeeper, I thought that Emiliano Martinez was fantastic last night in Frankfurt. I really do. I think he was brilliant. I think he looked really assured. I've spoken about that on last night's review show. But for me, um, you know, Bern Leno is Arsenal's number one. And, you know, for me, 
whilst Martin has had a good game, he's going to have to do a lot more than just, you know, one good performance before he's going to dislodge Bern Leno. I don't think Bern Leno's done a great deal wrong. Certainly can't blame him uh, for dropping the points at Watford. You could argue he made a mistake in the North London derby. Uh, well, it was a mistake, uh, but, you know, that happens once in a while, doesn't it? And with a goalkeeper, mistakes get highlighted because more often than not, if you make a mistake in that position, you're going to concede a goal. And in terms of the right-back position, Callum Chambers came in there last night and I thought at times he looked really shoddy defensively. And it's partly because the team uh, were a shambles in terms of the setup. I didn't think he got anywhere near enough protection from Emil Smith-Rowe or the midfielders uh, sort of in the centre. I didn't think they were coming over and, and cleaning up enough. We know Emery asks his fullbacks to get forward and Chambers did that on occasions. But for me, Chambers is just not a right back. So I'm going to leave him out. Um, and I'm going to go with Ainsley, Maitland, Niles uh, in at right back. I think most people uh, would, if I'm honest. But let me know, of course, your thoughts at left back. Uh, there is no real other option at the moment, is there? With Kieran Tierney out injured uh, and, of course, uh, Nacho Monreal having been sold. Nacho Monreal, who scored his first goal, by the way, for Real Sociedad the other day uh, at the Anueta against Atletico Madrid. Um, so, yeah. Uh, yeah, Kalasinac is the only option at right back. Uh, let's have a look at the centre-backs. Now, this is where I think Unai Emery's got a decision to make. I think David Lewis will play. So I'm going to put him in there. Um, somebody's going to tell me I should put them the other way around, that David Lewis should be the left-sided one. So I'm going to do that um, just to, to stop those comments. Uh, so David Lewis at centre-back. Now, the decision comes now because Socrates was rested Um against Frankfurt and you know it suggests that he's probably going to walk straight back in the team Rob Holding has returned to fitness but he isn't match fit uh, I thought he may have played a part last night um, but that says to me that he's not ready yet to join in with the first team in terms of uh, game time and I agree with that you know he's been out for a long long time it's very difficult to throw someone in and of course you want to manage the recovery we all talk about how important Rob Holding is to this team well, then you need to manage his recovery well and you need to make sure uh, that, you know, he he gets back to fitness without any sort of bumps in the road. So I'm going to go with Socrates. I think that he will bring Socrates straight back in. Um, there are lots of question marks about him. From the day he joined Arsenal, I was not convinced about Socrates. I thought he brought something to the team that maybe we didn't have before in terms of that bit of steel. But in terms of his qualities, ability and his actual defending, a lot of the time it's not good enough. Um, I thought Mustafi did really well um, out in Frankfurt, as well as you can say for a defender, given how many chances we conceded. Uh, but because he played the full 90 minutes, I think that Unai Emery will stick with Socrates. And I think the fact that he left Socrates behind suggests that he was in his plans for Sunday's game. In terms of the midfield, let's move forward. Um, I'm going to go with uh, Granit Xhaka, the Arsenal captain at the moment. Not everybody's uh, flavour of the month, but for me, he needs to be in that team. Um, now, one of the things that really disappointed me out in Frankfurt was the fact, and and against I guess uh, the the Sp against Spurs actually was that Lucas Torreira seems to keep venturing forward and making these runs and 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 doing this sort of thing, you know, just drifting into these positions and trying to join in the attacks. For me, that's not what I want to see from Lucas Torreira. If Lucas Torreira is going to be in the side, I want him sitting 
alongside Granite Xhaka like this to protect that back four. I think in order to protect that back four, you need to have two players holding. And because our, our right back, um, you know, likes to get up and down the field, as does our left back, we know you need those two players. And I don't think that we've done that well enough. And, and we saw it at times last night. We saw Torreira keep pressing on and leaving Xhaka isolated. And it was almost like a 4-1, 4-1 formation last night, which I didn't really think worked. So um, I'm not going to put Lucas Torreira in there. I'm actually going to put uh, Matteo Genduzzi in there because I thought he did really well against Spurs. Um, I didn't think he was good against Watford, if I'm honest, but I thought a lot of that was to do with the way we were trying to play out. And I don't want to see Genduzzi drop into the edge of his box to receive the ball. And we keep talking about that um, goal that we conceded from playing out from the back. If Socrates makes that pass to Genduzzi, then what, what does he do with it after that? He's got four players around him. It makes no sense. Um, but I'm going to give Genduzzi the nod because uh, he didn't play last night. And I think that, you know, again, that will be Unai Emery's idea. And that will be probably why he never got a game. Now, Joe Willock had a good game last night, but he looked absolutely knackered by the end of it. So I don't expect him to start the game um, on Sunday. I really don't. I, I think that Joe Willock will be left out. Uh, rightly or wrongly, I don't know, but that's just my personal opinion. And I probably wouldn't start him given uh, the way, you know, he looked absolutely knackered and shattered at the end of that game last night, which is fair enough. I'm going to go with Danny Ceballos ahead, ahead of those two. Um, that's going to be my selection there. Now, in the centre-forward position, there's no argument here at the moment. He's our only um, natural centre-forward at the minute, and he's our only uh, player who consistently delivers. Pierre-Emerick Aubameyang has been brilliant um, in terms of his goal-scoring outputs. He's carried on from last season, picked up where he's left off. So uh, brilliant stuff. Uh, I want to see Pierre-Emerick Aubameyang in there, and I expect to see him in there. Now, uh, on the right-hand side, I expect Nicola Pepe to start. Um, he really needs a goal, doesn't he? He looks like a player who whose confidence is a little bit shot at the moment. So I'd like to see him get on the score sheet. Uh, game against Villa at home provides the perfect opportunity, I guess. Uh, and then the other position is the one that's up for grabs. It's this one here on the left-hand side. Now, lots of people will tell you Bukayo Saka should start after that performance. Um, Bukayo Saka, for me, is a real promising prospect, and I want to see him give, give him more chances. But perhaps in the cup competitions, in the Europa League, I think that would be his level at this moment in time. Now, I was surprised against Watford uh, that Unai Emery went with this sort of diamond formation and played Mesut Ozil instead of Reese Nelson. It looks like he's, you know, not got sort of the best relationship with Reese Nelson. He's had opportunities to play him. He started the season off, and then he's sort of gone to the wayside. I want to see. Ozil in here. Uh, I really do. But I also want to see Arsenal stick to this formation. The fear is that when Ozil plays is that you might end up with something more like this. You might see the players shift like that um, and Mesut Ozil playing here and then Pepe going up and joining Aubameyang up front. And I don't want to see that. I really don't. I, I think that, you know, when you're looking to break down a team like Aston Villa, who are no doubt going to come to the Emirates and defend, you know, it, you're making it hard for yourself like that. You're going to then ask these guys uh, to get up and down the pitch and support, but then you're leaving us, I think, susceptible to those counter-attacks. So I, I want to see some width. I want to see Pepe 
um, operating from that right-hand side where he likes to operate. I want to see him pull him right out onto the touchline here and receiving the ball where he can drive in on his left foot. Um, I want to see Ozil from the left when we're defending, I suppose. Um, but I want to see him have that free roll and be able to go across that midfield and pop up wherever there is space to try and make things happen for the Gunners. Um, and if that means that at times Sabios needs to tuck in here uh, when Arsenal are without position, then so be it. Um, but that's kind of what I'd go with uh, in terms of system, in terms of personnel. Let me know what you guys think in the comments section below. I can't guarantee that this is what Unai Emery will go with because we know he likes to chop and change stuff. Um, but yeah, that's that's what I'd go with uh, at this moment in time. Let me know in the comments uh, what you would do. Uh, I'm going to come over to some of your live comments now. Um, Sup, Harry? Keep up the good work. Thank you very much, mate. Thank you for tuning in. Marble Halls TV says, I dropped Lewis uh, and played Chambers and Socrates. Uh, Marble Halls also says, Terreira, Ceballos and Ginduzi in midfield. Um, lots of people don't want to see Granit Xhaka. Uh, in the side, but I think he'll play and I would pick him as well. Uh, Glenn says, good morning, Harry. I have 15 minutes before I have to bring the wife to the train station. I hope this lineup is what you want to see and not what Unai Emery might do. Again, it, it, Glenn, it is what I want to see, uh, but you have to take into account a little bit what you think Unai Emery will do because otherwise, you know, it's not going to be accurate and I want to be accurate. And, you know, last week we got a player wrong, one player, um, but that was because we didn't know Lacazette was going to be out. Um, so, you know, I'm I'm trying to understand what Unai Emery is going to do. And I think that um, this would work. I'd like to see this. Um, I've got question marks over whether Ozil will start, uh, given that, you know, maybe he was unfit. I don't know what the issue was this week, that he was rested. I don't really buy that. Uh, but anyway, that's what I would go with in answer to your question. So let me know, of course, what you guys think in the comments section below. Tony Flowers says, Galimera, Harry, uh, which means good morning in Greek. How are you doing, Tony? Welcome back to the stream. Um, what else have we got here? Uh, duh, duh, duh. Darren Watson says, I agree. In any game that Xhaka plays in, he requires a player beside him as part of a double pivot. Agreed. I think that's essential to not only the team, but to Granit Xhaka personally as well. Uh, so fingers crossed we see that. Uh, some may say it's negative at home. I don't think it is. If it allows you to get the ball under control and gives more freedom to that three in front uh, so that they can go on and support PM and Kabamiang, then I think it's not negative at all. I think it's the right thing to do. Uh, Carlito says that six goals in six games for Oba. He's carrying us right now. Agreed. Uh, can't be... Um, can't deny that. Uh, Carlito says, one thing I knew about Chambers, he's not a right back. It definitely isn't based on uh, based on uh, how we saw uh, him perform out in Frankfurt. And not, uh, admittedly, though, it wasn't all his fault. Uh, there were problems in, in the way the team were defending as a whole, which further exposed him, I think. But yeah, uh, definitely not a right back for me. Um, duh, duh, duh. Let's see what else we've got. The more I look at our midfield the more i think we need a player like sangare that's from darren watson um tony flower says good man thanks can you do a mock-up of how you would play a 4-4-2 and who you would use assuming you're, you're saying with uh 
with Lacazette out, if it was, of course, with Lacazette out, you've got to play Pepe up there, I suppose, uh, with Aubameyang like this. Um, it's really hard to do a 4-4-2. So Bios plays from a wide position for Spain, so you could see that. Um, but then I feel like we don't really have the wide personnel to do that. Would you play Reese Nelson there? Maybe. But will he get back and defend? It feels like the wingers we've got, um, the Pepe's, the Nelsons, the Sackers, they're very um, forward-thinking wingers. They're, they're, they're forwards, essentially. I think the days of a right and left midfielder are pretty much gone, to be honest. You don't see many of those anymore. Um, but, yeah, I, I wouldn't play a 4-4-2 just because I don't think the personnel is right. Uh, like I said, this is this is what I'd go for. Uh, but it's an interesting point, and I think when Lacazette returns, that's something that you, you could potentially look at. Uh, what else have we got here? Um, Tony says, use Laka, man. I, I will do another one with Laka uh, on another day and I'll, I'll go into it in a lot more detail uh, just because we're running short of time. Uh, hello to Rinat. And uh, Max Barber says, it's got to be a 4-2-3-1. Manager needs to play what he's comfortable with. Guess so. Guess so. All great points, all interesting points. Thank you all so much for tuning in. Uh, if you haven't listened to our Eintracht Frankfurt review, it is available now. Please, please do go and check that out. And also check out the fans phone in from the other night. Keep voting for your favorite caller. They will um, be receiving a uh, free T-shirt. Whoever wins that vote, the vote is still ongoing. So we're going to keep it going for another couple of days. Um, uh, and a great question has come through. So I'm going to touch on that before we leave the stream. Dan Potts. Morning, Harry. Question starting to be asked of Emery, but is he involving himself in a Sari and Kante situation here with Torreira? I touched on it a little bit earlier on in the stream um, about the fact that Torreira keeps making those runs forward. There's no question in my mind that um, that's an instruction from Unai Emery. Whether it works or not is another thing. Torreira has spoken in the past about the fact that he wants to get further forward in Italy at Sampdoria. Didn't really have that freedom. Um, They're a lot more rigid tactically. I think that he's in danger of ruining a, ruining a few players. And when I say ruining, I don't mean like, you know, spoiling them, their careers or, you know, causing harm on them. What I mean is there's a few players in that team who are being asked to do things that just are so unnatural to them. And that will, of course, affect performances, will it, which will affect the fans' opinion of them. And I think that's a little bit unfair. So I think that's something that Unai Emery has to be careful of. You either play to your strengths or you stick to your guns uh, with a system and you try and make the best out of it with the personnel you've got. At the moment, we're not doing either. We're not sticking to our guns uh, and sticking with that system. Uh, and players seem to be uh, being asked to do different roles from week to week. So I think that is a real problem, Dan. Uh, but it's something that we'll touch on in a lot more detail, I'm sure, uh, in the review show. We'll be looking at the game in greater detail and touching on all of those points. Um, Tony Flowers says, if you're ever at a game when I am and I see you, I'll buy you a beer, man. Thank you very much, my friend. I'm at all the home games and some of the away ones. Uh, so we'll definitely catch up. Let me know next time you're down. Uh, right, that brings us to the end of another stream. Don't forget you can subscribe, like, and share. That is really, really important. You can find the podcast on iTunes, SoundCloud, YouTube, or Spotify too. Um, and yeah, so until uh, Sunday, where we'll be going back over 
the Aston Villa game. Take care of yourselves and uh, yeah, uh, enjoy your weekends. Ciao. Oh, in the morning.